I'm Gab, he's Jules, blue skies over West London. By the way, given the kind of weather we've had, I am so psyched. That Me too, so happy. Uh, Jules, it's midweek, but what a show we have. Yes. Because we have Real Madrid beating Mallorca, late Rudiger goal, that was tight. Mm. We have Kylian Mbappe telling us about his future. Yay. As Paris Saint-Germain win the coveted Trophée des Champions. Trophée des Champions. Did, 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 did I pronounce it correctly? Perfect. Perfect. Um, and of course, we have Coppa Italia action as well. Milan and, and Roma going through. Roma yeah. just. Uh, but I think... Oh, and Liverpool. This was way back on Monday, yeah, but we Monday, didn't talk about it. Tuesday, Three points clear at the top. West Brom, Brighton as well. That was not as good. Or West Ham even. Yeah. Um, but let's start at Girona. Because the miracle goes on. I'm going to be... I'm going to come out and and say this and, and be straight up about it. Do you remember that this repeatedly, they had this weird schedule where they play all the good teams at, at kind of at the end, except for Real Madrid. Yeah. And they said, ah, ha, ha, let's see what happens. They played That's one team true. in the top 10, and they played three teams in the top 10, and they played seven teams. <laughs> now they played everybody. We're at the halfway mark. They beat Atletico 4-3. Yeah. They have 48 points at the midpoint of the season, which projects out to 96 points. The only reason they're not top is because of the head-to-head with Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, but they have the same number of points. 96 points in a season, just to put this in context, right? And people make comparisons with, with Leicester. When Leicester won the title in the Premier League was with a relatively low points total, 96 points, I mean, you win La Liga most seasons with 90, 92 points. Yeah. 96 points would be the highest total ever, uh, other than that reached by um, Real Madrid yeah. and Barcelona. Yeah. I think Real Madrid did it twice, yeah. once with Pellegrini, actually. Yeah, yeah who did not win the title that year. No. And obviously, Pep Barcelona did it. They reached 100 points. I, this is incredible. They've lost one game all year. They did. There was out the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. It was a 3-0 defeat, but not reflective of the performance because they were actually quite good that day. It's an incredible story. And for example, we can say, oh, surely they can't go again and have the same second half of the season that they did in the first half. But... They will host Barcelona in the second half of the season. They will host Real Madrid. So, okay, they will have to go to Atletico, for example, and things like that. But the two biggest games that are yet to come for them in the league will be at home in a stadium that is a fortress where even when they are under pressure like they were in the second half against Atletico, who had the better team after the break, they still find a way of winning. It's just an incredible story, fairy tale, whatever you want to call it. And I just can't see why they will slow down. They're high on confidence. Even when they are with one of the top players in Tsigankov for this game against Atletico, they still find a way. The guy who comes in for Tsigankov, Valeri, scores early on. It's just like everything at the moment is working for them. And let's hope it continues. Well, let's hope it continues. If for you're them, not a Real Madrid fan. Yeah. For them, yeah. I, for them, yeah, sure. If you're, if you're Marcelo Claude, you want it, or Pere Guardiola, Pep's brother, yeah. you want it to continue. Um, what, what really strikes me is I think this game in some ways, I don't know how emblematic it is of, of the season that we saw, in the sense that it was 3-2 at halftime. The first half was, I don't even want to say it was open, in the sense that Girona were attacking, Atleti were trying to manage the situation, but they, were, they, they, they made stupid mistakes at the back, yeah. which Girona punished. Girona, by the way, I'm not saying Girona got lucky with it, because Girona also created their own chances. Um, they, they couldn't understand what Savio was doing, even though he was playing on the right rather yeah. than, the, than the customary left. Um, and then in the second half, Atleti pulled one back with Morata. He'd get a hat trick. Yeah, and he played really, really well. Yeah. And then they kind of conjure, conjure up this bizarro goal, Ivan Martin at the end. Great footwork. And then the little loopy finish, which, you know, is the kind of thing that when Lionel Messi does yeah, it, that was we clap. When, we, yeah. when Ivan Martin does it, we're like, ah, you got, you know, good one. I, there seems to be an element of randomness to the way they play. It seems to be high risk, high reward. Am I mis- And everything's gone right for them. Am I, am I being harsh? Or am I? No, because I think they're very well drilled tactically as well. What impresses me the most is that they can turn all the their high recoveries of the ball, that all the turnovers that they force from the opposition into goals and big chances. And that's exactly what they did. The first goal, obviously... Uh, comes from a high, I mean, it was not as high, but just after the halfway line and they go one pass and Valeri scored. I mean, the, th- the second one is even more because Koke should not be losing the ball on the edge of his own box in the way that he did. But even Martin go and gets the ball and then they get a little bit lucky maybe and Savinho scores. But it's that, the way that they can just 
um, get those chances from those high recoveries that I find really amazing. And for that, you have to be really fit physically and fresh. And the fact that they only play once a week because they've got no European competition is a big help. And also that they have those players like Ivan Martin, like Savinho, like Tsigankov, even Dovbeek, who can make those things happen. And it, it's, it's really impressive. Uh, for me, the theme of this high press, high energy, something we've been seeing for years in, in, in Germany and, and obviously in England with yeah. certain teams, we haven't seen so much of in Spain and that's and Italy, but that's yeah. changing in yeah. both countries. I always find it weird when people like describe how teams play, right? Because they say, oh, they always play the same way and they always have energy and they're always forward looking. Yeah, when teams win, they always look that way, regardless of how you play. Yeah. What seems pretty obvious here, though, is you have a team that tries to build from the back all the time and as a result sometimes expose itself they I mean they leak a ton yeah, yeah. of goals right yeah 26 said, I think in 19 or 28 in 19 something like you that you don't normally win the league in those situations yeah. but if you outscore them you know it doesn't matter people have said oh it's a it's a cry thing there's a cry legacy there who knows right it's not like Cryf's become like a byword for any kind of attacking football yeah but they do a lot of pressing um, and, and, and counter pressing and in some ways, it's not dissimilar to a version of what we've seen Pep do. Yeah. And obviously, he's evolved over the years. It's a version of what Klopp does, not so much in the build-up, but certainly in the, in the counter-press, yeah. right? Um, I'd argue it's not something we've seen very much in Spain from the top teams. In the sense that the old Barcelona of... Um, of Guardiola, the, the, the first treble-winning one. They did that a little bit, but then they also had Messi. They could also slow the game to a crawl when they wanted to. They controlled... They, they, when they recovered, they didn't instantly try to attack and score the way, um, the way this team does. So I would argue that's a little bit different. Mm. It's not something we've seen for Real Madrid. It's always been intermittent no, with yeah, Real Madrid. Yeah. Certainly not Atleti over the years. Maybe Real Sociedad is are the one team that yeah, that have so. done that. I mean, sorry, among the among the top teams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Real Sociedad, maybe also because of what you said, it's it's very taxing physically to yeah. do that. Real Sociedad don't have the biggest squad. Obviously, they're they're involved in Europe. Um, why is it? Do you think that this kind of trend or this approach, which has been frankly commonplace in Germany and and in the Premier League um, with, with certain teams, certainly. Why we haven't seen so much of that at the top end in Spain? I think it's, it's a, maybe a cultural reason in the sense that this is not really the, the, the style is more the technical style and the tempo is maybe a little bit slower. Even when you've got input from different managers who might have different ideas, I think you always go back to maybe the way they play, the kind of players that they form in academies who are usually not the most physical and and um, and they can run and run and run forever but instead are just more the more technical and play the game that way maybe it's that I just I just love the fact that some are trying to do it some like La Real are a bit of a mix of everything so you've got that technical ability from the Spanish culture but also the high intensity that you can implement to some players there's no reason why Spanish players can't run and run and run and run it's just not well, this is not Rodri runs and runs and runs yeah for example you're right <laughs> um so, so yeah, I just love, and, but I think the fact that Mitchell, in a well last season, especially in the first half of the season, where they had a decent season, we said it the other day, they finished 10th, they had 49 points, so just one point more than what they already have now, uh, but were maybe more defensive uh, and changed, evolved in the second half of last season, and then suddenly with a new signing in the summer who have made a big impact, really. We can talk about his substitutions because I think his coaching is really, really good. And we saw against Tuani and Porto having a really good impact on that game against, Real Madrid, against Atletico Madrid, sorry, late in the game. But the starters, I mean, Savinho, Tsigankov, Dovbik, all of that is, is really, really good addition to a squad that was already a decent squad, not a title-winning potential squad, but it was still a decent squad for La Liga. Yeah, I, I think the reason we haven't seen it in Spain, tactically, it was a typical thing where you know where I asked your question because then later I wanted to give my no, it's good, it's good, it's good. Is, when you play that way, and you screw up, right? So when you press and the other team plays through you, and you can see the goal, you look really, really stupid. And I think, especially for for the top teams, and I think specifically of, of, of Barcelona and Real Madrid, there's not that much of a tolerance for that when you're the manager. Um, 
And there's not necessarily an imperative to do it because you generally have far better players than almost anybody you'll play. Yeah. And so if you, and I'm not saying these are defensive minded. I mean, Barcelona hasn't, this isn't necessarily a defensive minded team. I'm talking historically over the last 10 years, right? Or, or even Real Madrid, uh, maybe a bit more so under, under Ancelotti. But, but it's more the fact that if you just, once you have the ball, you want to keep the ball because you want more skillful players. So you're not going to go vertical, except maybe when you recover deep. And then you want to counter, you want to release Vinicius yeah. or, or whatever. Um, that's what I find so interesting about Pep and his evolution at, at City. It, or maybe the more vertical side started at Bayern. They could keep the ball and have 80% possession because they have better players than almost anybody they face, yeah. right? Um, but you choose to mix this in. And so sometimes you give up stupid goals, but that's okay. Um, I do think, and I think it's more of an issue in Spain because, like you said, like this is they probably produce more technically gifted players than than anybody. I'm mean, speaking broad, very very broad generalizations, right? Yeah, yeah. But the emphasis is on technique. Hmm. If you're technically gifted, you can play through the press. So yeah, there's no yeah. press that's so effective, right? Whereas here in England. In the Premier League, even though obviously the technical quality is very high and we can debate maybe it's higher than in Spain, there is more of that mindset that, you know, you can attack that center back yeah. and force him into a mistake. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's more of a tolerance, I think, from the fans that they actually want to see that. And in Germany, mm. certainly. Yeah. And in Germany, we've seen that for, for a long time. Um, do you think they can get over this leaking goals? No, because I think this is the way they play. So I think they're very... You see the three goals they concede. They're three goals really that... I know it's Atletico Madrid and Morata is in form of his life. Uh, but if you look at it, the flick from Griezmann for the first goal. One, Griezmann should never win the header. And two, the line is so... The defensive line from Girona is so all over the place that Morata is just onside. The, the ball from the pole... On the third goal, it's just again you can't you can't be caught. What about like Eric that. Garcia on the second goal? And I mean this is even worse. Uh, you know how much I, uh, <laughs> I rate Eric Garcia. So so uh, yeah, I think so. I think but I think they're fine with it because they will always create and they ride their luck a little bit as we saw against Barcelona too when Barca had a lot of chances in that second half, could not really score and then got done late in the game on on, on transition. So. I, I just I just love that team. I love to watch them because they are so good to watch, so entertaining. So, in terms of whether they can win the title, and when 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 facts change, opinions change. Um, you know, before when you mentioned that they have good players and technical players, I'd argue, yeah, they do, but to a point, because yeah. it's still Daily Blint who's a hundred years old and is still Daily Blint with all his. All the limitations. Yeah, it's still Eric Garcia. I don't think anybody nikes. You know, it's not like Gazzaniga has turned into Lev Yashin. No, we overnight. saw the third goal. I mean, come on. Yeah, um, we can. Right. Savio is a special player. Yeah, he's a and he has talent, genuine yeah. quality. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would not look out of place in in a, in a top for sure in a top ten team in Europe, right? Sigankov, yeah, technical player, whatever, but kind of dime a dozen. Yeah, if. not a world class. Dovbik is the kind of player, and you see this actually in Spain. I'm thinking of Murici, for example. Yeah. The big, tall center forward who's physical often has success in Spain, maybe because a lot of the center backs are more ball playing. I, I'm yeah, speaking yeah, no, very maybe, broad yeah, generalizations. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think there's all this talent on this team, to be honest. No. When you when, when you take them as individuals, it really is the collective yeah. that makes it work. Even Martin, yeah, fine. Skillful player, but he was what? He was like out for 12 months, 18 yeah, months. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think he's still fully fit. No, 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 probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good so when I try to project forward, logic tells me regression to the mean because I haven't looked, but I'm sure they're way overperforming their XG. Um, certainly on the attacking side. Yeah. Maybe I mean, even I defensively, could... even with all the goals they've leaked. Yeah. I um, can tell you that. But. I would, but for me, it's really the pace. It's the 48 points. I, I don't see how you can keep that pace this season. If, if Real Madrid and Barcelona were having terrible seasons, and, and, and to be fair, even, even Barcelona, I think if 
with the with their game in hand, Barcelona, you know, they're going to be around 41 points like that. I think Girona can win the title if you win La Liga title at 85 points. I think Leicester won it with 82, if memory serves. Yeah. I don't think they can win it with 90-plus points. I just don't see how how that's possible. And look, I say, prove me wrong, and maybe they can elevate the... Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's a good point on... So the XG is 36. Right. And they've scored 48. 46, sorry. They've scored 46 goals. The XG is 36. So they're 10 over. They're 10 over. Um, We said they've considered 24 goals. Uh, So so they are the 10th best defence in the league. So... As soon as you drop that efficiency in front of goals, if you keep leaking goals, because I think the XG considered is very close to how many they considered anywhere, then you might have a problem. But again, I, I'm, I'm with you, especially when you compete against Real Madrid. This Real Madrid team, who's been the best start of well, best first half of the season under Ancelotti in all the seasons that you've been there, uh, that is just you know like this is Real Madrid, even with all the injuries. They have the experience, they've got the players, as we saw with Rudiger, you know, they don't play well against Mallorca, they still win. They don't play well against Celta, they win. Against Getafe, they still win. And then when they do play well, they also win and beat you. So it's difficult, but I don't know. I never thought they would have 48 points after 19 games. And again, I can't see why they could not keep on that run. And if Real Madrid maybe drop a few points there and there because of the Champions League, because their mind is on another... Competition, I don't know, all of that. If they get some injuries, some more injuries on top of the ones they already have. Maybe, but then also Girona have been quite injury-free. I mean, Herrera has, has been injured. and It's easier to be injury-free when you're playing once a week. Yeah, that's very true. That's, that, that is, <laughs> I think that it's is, the big... That is and also true. when you don't have and all those guys who are in their 30s. And again, you know, you, you would play at home against Barcelona and Real Madrid. And I think those games are quite uh, late. So May, you play Barcelona... April, you have to go away Atletico, and then the Real Madrid game is before that. So the running joke about Girona is that they're all Barcelona fans. So they would be at home to Real Madrid, uh, away at Real Madrid, sorry, because right. they lost at home. I, I don't see that. They're not getting the head-to-head over Real Madrid, so they're no. going to have to outscore them, yeah. right? Because obviously with the 3-0 at home defeat. But it's, it's funny. I wonder, can you imagine a scenario where it comes like late in the season? Where it's Girona against Barcelona, Girona need points for the title, and Barcelona need points to make top four. Yeah. If it gets something like that, like I seriously wonder, because look, I'm not making fun of them, but this is their fourth season in the top flight in their history. Historically, they've been third tier or lower. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a hard core of people there who are, ah, we're Girona fans, first and foremost, right? Yeah, but everybody else there is a Barcelona fan for for obvious reasons, right? For sure. And this is their other team. And if it comes down to disaster for Barcelona or Girona, I I, I find that kind of stuff absolutely fascinating. Um, A word on Atleti. Why? Why this defending? Why? And look, you can say they're good with the press or whatever. After the holidays? Were they surprised? Were they surprised by the intensity of Girona? Wait, wait, you don't think Cholo Simeone has watched Girona play before? No, I'm sure. But then I can't, I can't really understand. What bothers me the most? One, they can't chase a game. We've seen it many, we've seen it many times before. I think we like this version of Atleti. We've said it before that they want to play more, more attacking football, more attractive football, all of that. But when you go behind three times, well, four times in the end in a game, but, you know, when you were like one nil down, then two one down, obviously three one, then four three again, it's obviously very difficult, even away from home, even if the second half is decent in terms of the content of it. They just, they just can't make those mistakes. I mean, Koke and Griezmann should have had two goals. Koke made two really, really bad mistakes, maybe even three, to be fair. It's just, it's just not possible. Not against a team like that, it's riding high, full of confidence, that where everything they do is working for them. It's just not possible. Um, as you know, I'm a big Renildo fan. And obviously he, he came back, I think it was in the last game after his uh, uh, ACL, ACL injury. Yeah. People always say after the ACL, it takes you more time to get back to where you were. Can he move the needle defensively and, and settle them down? Or, or is like the second half of the season kind of a wash and we're going to see the best of needle next year? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure. Or it's just, just like him for Hermoso. No, but if you, if you replace him, 
uh, if you replace Hermoso with him, I'm still not sure Witzel is really the guy that can stabilize your defense. I think Jimenez is doing Don't. some Jimenez stuff anyway, so it's a bit crazy. <laughs> and it's just, I'm, I'm not sure. I, uh, I, I think with Jimenez, and I, I think I, it's psychology, I think it's too easy to say, but like, I kind of think people assume that Jimenez is Godin, Mark II. Yeah. He's not. You know, Atleti really, have lost the last four away games in the league. This, is, this must be a first in Simone's, in Simone's career there. Four away league titles in a row. This is for for a team, you know. If you're a normal team, it's okay. But for a team like competing for the title, it's not. It's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's funny though because actually you mentioned this. I was talking to somebody. So one of the arguments from those teams that like the Super League, even some teams that haven't come out, is they look at Spain, they point a finger at Spain, and they say. Atletico and Barcelona can get everything wrong, have absolute stinkers, and they know they're going to be back in the Champions League yeah. next season. That allows you to plan. Yeah. Right? In, in Italy, in England, in, in France, yeah, unless yeah, you're yeah. Paris Saint-Germain, yeah. you can't do that. No, that's true. You have no guarantee, and so then you can't plan, and you can't invest, because guess what? I might have 20% less revenue next year. I don't know how you fix that. I, I don't think it's necessarily via some sort of Super League concept, but... Yeah. It is one of the things that I think football needs to needs to figure out how to address. All right, enough, Girona. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Let's rewind to Monday, Jules. Liverpool beat up Newcastle 4-2 to go three points clear at the top of the Premier League. This is the highest ever XG on record in England, apparently. Yes, 7.2. Something like that. I mean, they had obviously a penalty saved, so two penalties in the game, which bump up a bit your XG. Yeah, oh, sorry, is that, but like, I know, I know how like referenced it. Okay, so seven point two minus one point four, one point five. Yeah, zero point eight a penalty. Oh, if you want to count it as zero point, I mean, it depends what model you use. It, it's fine. still, a, it's still, still, still like more than five. five. Yeah, yeah, so like. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, they had so many chances. And my boy Darwin Nunes could have had a hat-trick easily, Mo Salah as well. And we're going to say it again, but when you have the options that club has on the bench, which is credit to him and the club and the way they did their recruitment, etc., etc., it's obviously much easier when you can bring on Jota and Gakpo and Grafenberg and Harvey Elia and all those players it makes a big difference, especially against a team like Newcastle who are terrible right now, who have injuries, who have players tired, all of that. Um, so well done to Liverpool. It was really impressive, especially especially after the seven, 74th, 73rd minute or 74th minute. It's still, it's, it's still 1-1. Yeah. And it's really after that, although they had plenty of chances before, it's still 1-1. But the last 20 minutes of the game, they just blitzed them. Yeah, it's weird with Newcastle because some of the injured guys are coming back. I know it's still 10 people, but then it's also some of those guys who are out aren't people you expect yeah, to yeah. start. Um, I don't know how you... You don't want to get into the cycle of negativity because you're going to keep slowing down. Then again, Anfield was not where they were going to get points. Nah, but the good thing for, for Newcastle is that the next game is... Uh, oh yeah, Manchester City. Oh, okay. Stop it. Mohamed Salah, of course, is off to the Africa Cup of Nations. Gab, how do you think Klopp will replace him? So, obviously, I think we're going to still see some rotation in the front three. But um, I think Diogo Jota's return is huge. I think he's the logical person to, to go and replace him. I, I like him more as a finisher. In fact, I like him more as a finisher than every single Liverpool striker other than Mohamed Salah, frankly. Yeah. And I think he's very smart tactically and just a better option right now. So you play him on the right and then Darwin or Gakpo in the centre and Diaz on the left? Or I can also left. play Jota through the middle. I got no issue with that. So who plays on the right? I mean, move Darwin wide if you think there's a match up there, which, we, which we, we've seen him do that. Um, yeah, it's more on the left for Darwin though. Harvey Elliott maybe? So you have a left footer. I think the idea of having a left footer on the right-hand side for this team and the way they play and for Trent or for whoever is the midfield three there, so Soboslai or someone else, I think is quite important. I'd love to see Soboslai in the front three at some point. True. But then again, you don't need that. You've got so many strikers. No, 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 He's got no, no, an embarrassment good. of riches. Let's Losing Endo as well, by the way, for Liverpool to the Asian Cup. Yeah, I think that's less of a loss because McAllister's yeah, back. We could finally see Jaden Sancho play football. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Curtis Jones. Big, big game for him. Yeah, yeah. We could finally see Jaden Sancho play football again, Jules. He's been linked with a loan move to Borussia Dortmund because they need more wingers, I guess. So I knew you were going to say that. 
He's a different profile, obviously, to Bino Gittens, to Adeyemi, to Daniel Malen, your favorite player on earth, because he, you know, he he's not just about let's push the ball and run as fast as we can. I think he can offer something slightly different. I think this will happen. I think he will join them to Marbella in the winter sunny camp uh, in the next few days. If it's true that Dortmund are only going to pay three million euros for the whole six months in terms of like loan fee plus wages, I think it's an absolute steal. And I'm not even really sure why. I mean, that's basically Manchester United paying really themselves for him to play for another team. But I guess there, there was nothing for him to do in Manchester and nothing for them to have him playing with the reserve, training yeah. with the reserves. So. Your best case scenario, like clearly the situation with Ten Hag's beyond repair, right? Yeah. So your best case scenario, if you're Manchester United, you say, look, go out, play, do well, regain your mojo. Maybe Ten Hag won't be here at the end of the yeah, season. maybe. And maybe you build bridges with the new manager. If Ten Hag is still there and you've done well in Dortmund, then maybe we can get some it. money back. Yeah, you. that's you true. Know, simple as. That's true. Milan, Bicagliari, 4-1 to advance in the Coppa d'Italia. Gab as Luka Jovic scores twice. It's five goals in his last six games now. Has he turned a corner? Uh, come ah. on, pop those records. We're talking about all the young players that we saw that, yeah, that we saw Milan a... play with. Um, Cech Traore coming on and scoring, and it was so sweet. When, when he came off, he was substituted by Rafael Leal. There was some reverse symbolism, yes. I thought, uh, I thought in that one. Um, Simic, again, looking good. I think they're finding resources. Cagliari were really, really bad in this game. In fact, even Milan, you know, took them a while to properly put this game to bed. But, you know, onwards and upwards. I think Pioli needs a little bit of tranquility. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm encouraged by the fact that when you put faith in your youngsters, they reward you. Paris Saint-Germain have won the Trophée Champion, a.k.a. the French Super Cup, with a 2-0 win over Toulouse. What That's else right. do you expect them to say? That was nominative determinism from Toulouse. Yes. Uh, Jules, are you impressed? I was impressed with Speedy Bacala. Were you? Okay, I'm not a fan, as you know. I call him, uh, I call him Bobby Bacala from... Uh... Bobby Bacala. Yeah. Bobby Bacala is really, really fat, and I'm going to guess not very, not very quick. No. I just Bradley don't like... Bacala is really, really fast. True, I just don't is really like him. Is he the second fastest player on Paris Saint-Germain? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just, I was really impressed. I mean, it's always the same. I think it was really an impressive performance with the ball, especially... They were very creative. They scored a great goal. The two, goods, the two goals are very good in different ways. But you also considered a lot of shots. Toulouse had more shots than you, more shots on targets than you. Not The XG was not as high, but still. Gijo had to make a good save. Yeah, some good He's saves bad. in the second half especially, and even in the first half on Dalinga. Those defensive transitions really worry me, especially against a team like La Real Sociedad in the Champions League to come next month. But for now, it's a trophy. You're happy you take it, you know. Meanwhile, Gab, Real Madrid beat Mallorca as Vinicius makes his first appearance in nearly two months, but it's a tough slog. Yeah, well, Mallorca come in, play super defensive, as you expect. Carletto lines up with Vini and Rodrigo up front, which means there really is no center forward. Yeah. Um, and you get a game like this. Vinicius, I think, was really super raring to go. He had some... He had, he had the little nutmeg on Samu yeah. Costa. He had his moments. In the end, he spent a lot of time complaining and being frustrated yeah. and being unhappy. And in the end, it's Uncle Tony Rudiger who right. goes uh, right. with a header to save the three points. Not a great performance, but they move on. And you always, you always do this. It's the kind of game where they're going to score straight away and put like three or four past them. That's true. Or it was going to be turned into a game like this. Yeah. We mentioned Paris Saint-Germain. We mentioned Real Madrid. Yeah. You know what's coming, Jules. Yeah. Kylian Mbappe is free to sign as a free agent with yeah. any club. And he talked about it Which after was, the Paris Saint-Germain. And match. I thought of you because I thought, well done. Gab will appreciate the fact that you come out and you talk about it. And he said, I haven't decided yet. I don't know yet what I'm going to do. Um, and then we asked him, will it be as late as it was in 2022 when it was end of May? Mm -hmm. He said, well, it's because back then I didn't know until May what I was going to do. But if I know before, if I know earlier, why wait? There's no point. He also said something really interesting and I think something that gives you a little hint that it is going to go because he said that really his decision was not important, where well, we all know that it is, because... After the agreement that he found with PSG and Nasser Al-Khalifi, the club is protected and the interest of the club will be preserved in case he leaves as a free agent, which means that 
if he leaves, the club won't be like left-handed in the sense that there will be no transfer fee, but because he's going to waive off the bonus that the club owes him, which is up to 80 million euros, it will feel almost like a transfer fee for PSG. And I think for him to say that and to, to almost... Um, I don't think he's ever mentioned it. And we've been briefed, but, but we've been told, but nobody really on record had talked about that point. Shows that for him to make sure that this is out there, this is confirmed, that he confirmed it, maybe shows that this is the, the idea and the plan. So let's, let's explain this for people who may have no idea what you're talking about. And correct me, feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. When he decided to turn his back on, um, on Real Madrid, uh, the first yeah. time he signed that two plus one deal. Yeah, right? that's right. That that plus one involved a bunch of money and loyalty bonuses that pumped up his would have pumped up his compensation enormously. Effectively, he's saying, "Well, look, you won't have to pay these loyalty bonuses." The, the deal I, I reached in the summer yeah. when I said I wasn't going to extend it another year means that you won't have to pay the loyalty bonuses, right? So at the end of each of those three seasons, potentially so two plus one, there are bonuses that PhD to bump up his salary mm-hmm. even more. We're going to pay each year. Um, which Did you give that money back for the two extra years you stayed? No. So for the second, so the first season is already paid, obviously. Right. For the second season, Kilian said to them, "Listen, don't pay me those bonuses if yeah. I leave on a free, because he could have taken that money because that is paid at the end of the season. Yeah. And then go on a free to Real Madrid, for example. And then the third season, obviously, there won't be there won't be a third season, so no. they don't have to pay him his salary, and they don't have to pay him the no. bonus. But that's the, that's that's it's a bit fugazi here. I think why? Like, well, to make it seem like oh look, Paris Saint Germain's protected. Like yeah, no, yeah, because right now they owe him eighty million euros. So he, he would have they to... chose to give him that salary. Well, but yeah, yeah. I, but... I think they would rather he stayed and played than pay him the eighty million euros. Yeah. Well, no, because if he stayed, they have to pay the eighty million euros. Right, but I'm gonna, I would assume that they would prefer that. True, but he could also take the money yeah, and no, still no, leave on a free. Of course. So of course. I think, in All a right, way, right, you would right. feel maybe like, okay, we don't pay the 80, but he still goes. But, you know, it's yeah, one of those. Back to Madrid, Gabi as well. Carlo Ancelotti says the club won't be signing a new central defender in January, despite the season ending for David Alaba. And we're not really sure if Edem Militao can come back before the end of the season either. Does this make sense to you? No, it makes zero sense. So why? I saw what he said, why where he came out and he said that. And he said, well, because we have them and then we have... Chouameni and Carvajal, mentioned. We have Chouameni, we have... Uh, so well, Rudiger and Nacho. Rudiger and Nacho. And then we have Chouameni, who hasn't played centre-back most of his career, but obviously can play there if need be. And Danny Carvajal, who also hasn't played centre-back most of his career. Nacho, by the way, turns 34 or 30, even 35 in March. And like he was that. suspended against Mallorca, so Chouameni played as centre-back. I mean, it makes no sense to me. I think, though, this is part of the reason why I got a new deal. Because if this were 99% of other managers, they'd be screaming for the treetops for another center back. Because, by the way, Rudiger is the type of guy who gets suspended, yeah? Nacho is suspended. Uh, Do you really, you really, you really going to tell me you're going to go and you're going to play with, with, with Chouameni and and Carvajal? Really? Oh, yeah, I know. I I don't know if he's doing some mind trick and then Florentino says, oh, look, haha, just kidding. No, no, we just, we have an opportunity. We'll bring somebody in. This to me seems absolutely crazy. And also, I'm sure you can bring someone for six months. Even Rafa Marin, you can bring him back from his loan. There's a lot of We told you, Rafa Rafa Varane. Yeah, Varane as well. There's a lot of things you could do. One more Mbappe question for you, hey, because I can't resist. Yeah. Christophe Dugarry, who is neither a Paris Saint-Germain fan, nor Perry born nope. and bred, <laughs> I checked, he had some pretty mean things to say about Mbappe on oh. RMC. Uh, he insisted Mbappe stagnating, that he's lost his way, and that he hopes from the bottom of his heart that he leaves. Which I guess makes sense, because he's not a Paris Saint-Germain fan. No, he's not. He's not. I mean, Dugarry is... Um is his own person very much so. He's got really strong opinions on the radio uh, with me a lot. And, and yeah, this is what he said. He's been saying this for a long time. And I don't think he wishes badly on, on Mbappé or Ligue 1 overall. Uh, I, th- I think he knows that it would be better for Ligue 1 to keep Mbappé in there. But I think he thinks more for the national team as well, for his best friends in Eden Zidane, who at some point is going to take over, that maybe Kylian Mbappé right? will become better. Is so, he right? Yeah, yeah, probably after the Euros, I would think. No, no, is he correct that it would be good for Mbappe to, to move on? For, for Mbappe personally and his development and for the French national. Yeah, I think as much as I would love him to, to stay. Yeah. I would I tend think, to agree yeah, as well. Yeah, I think it's always better, especially if yeah. you go to Real Madrid or to Liverpool. 
Last year, Roma were knocked out by Serie B team Cremonese, Gab in the Coppa Italia. This year, histor history came very close to repeating itself until Lukaku and Dybala sorted things out. And Mourinho, and Mourinho, and of Mourinho. course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they went they went a goal down. They're playing at home. Um, Mourinho did the thing where he takes everybody off and yeah. just sends on a million strikers. Um, he pointed out after the game that they finished the game with Cristante, who's really a midfielder, and Christensen, who's really a wingback, playing as his only two defenders. It was oh, a 2 4 formation. Well I mean, against Cremonese, again, you know. Against La Cremo, of course. Um, Dybala came on, did his magic, converted the penalty for the second goal. Penalty, which, by the way, was a really, really soft penalty. Yeah. And so we move on. By the way, if you're wondering about why Coppa Italia is so demented, it's so demented because the higher-seeded teams always play at home um, when they come into the stage for TV purposes, and that's why it's not a good competition. No. <laughs> it ended in a nil-nil draw between West Ham and Brighton, or Moyes versus Tozerbi, two managers who engender yeah. different feelings in your heart, Jules. Two points dropped for both? Yeah, the less we talk about this game, the better, I think, because it was really bad. Getafe lose at home to Rayo Vallecano 2-0 in the other Madrid derby. Gabretafe with three sending off, including Mason Greenwood, who is not happy at all. Yeah, so first of all, you know my thoughts on Bordalas. Uh, your team is a zoo, uh, dear <laughs> Bordalas. Uh, by the way, Diamond Suarez, one of the guys who got sent off, he gets substituted and then he gets sent off as he's walking to, towards the bench. Makes no sense to me. Mason Greenwood apparently used the F word, which yeah. is why he was substituted. The referee sent off, yeah. The, sorry, uh, yeah, sent off. Uh, the referee thought he was directing it at him. Greenwood later said, no. I use the F word followed by the word sake. You know what? How about you find a different way to swear? <laughs> Simple as. Real Sociedad go down to 10 men after half an hour after the uh, red card for Alex Camino in goal. And they need a last-ditch equalizer from Martin Zubimendi to get a point at home to Alaves. Jules, you and I praise them yeah. all the time, yeah. but they can't get it going in the league. No, although they haven't lost in 11 games, uh, Gab. Yeah, but these are all points dropped. I know, I know. There's something clearly missing. I mean, Ramiro's uh, sending off was bad, to be fair. Then they considered they gave away that stupid penalty. Mikel Merino. It was a game that I didn't think they played badly even at 10 against 11 for an hour. It's just... I, I think eventually the lack of a really clinical striker could cost them badly. But they have all, all the players who can score. And, and you know, Zubimundi, I think this is his first goal actually this season. But yeah, there's something clearly missing. And without Kubo now for the next month or so, it will be even more difficult, I think. The Cameroon FA have stuck a deal with Manchester United to allow Andre Onana to play at Old Trafford against Tottenham on January the 14th in the Premier League. And then against Guinea the following day, as Cameroon will start their AFCON tournament. Where's that game? In Yamoussoukro. Okay, I just wanted you to pronounce that. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you. Uh, are you okay with this? You uh, can't be. I'm not. And also, okay. if I was another team in the Premier League, like a Liverpool, like I would find this really outrageous. So, basically, the FIFA rules say that you have to release your players a certain yeah. number of, uh, of days before the tournament. They also say that if you reach an agreement with the Cameroon, F or with the FA, you know, you cannot release them at all. Or you can release them, you know, in this Later. case, hours before the tournament. That's obviously what Manchester United did. I think it's pretty obvious that if I'm, I don't know who Cameroon's backup goalkeeper is, but if I'm Andre Onana... And I go and I tell Cameroon and say, okay, go, okay, boys, you got two options here. Either you let me play against Spurs and then I'll join up when I can, or um, I'm not going to play. I'm, I'm, not I'm even assuming sure this is what Andre Onana did. But he should not even say that, should he? He should be saying like, He obviously listen, feels loyal to Manchester United. He feels loyal to Eric Ten Hag. What, 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 because Mo Salah doesn't feel loyal to Liverpool? I just but don't, I just don't understand. Salah also feels loyal to his country. But, but so on, surely so does Andre Onana. Otherwise, don't go at all. What, he, what happens if he gets injured? What happens if, I don't know, he's, I mean, I suspect he will fly on private jet straight to Yamoussoukro after the, you know, from Manchester. But still, I mean, I, I'm amazed that the Cameroon FA and Samuel Leto are in agreement with this. Rigobert Song is, I'm just, I, I'm baffled. So Samuel Leto right now, of course, not in uh, Yeah, he's <laughs> in got his position. other issues, but still... It's it's funny, and you mentioned Salah there. Um, I watched the Liverpool game on yeah. Monday night on uh, on Sky here in this country. Yeah. What? What the little exchange With that he Jamie had? Carragher? Yeah, of course. I just thought it was hilarious when he talked about 
uh, how you know it was so important for him to play for his national team, and and he's like, and I'm sure Jamie Carragher, who's in the studio, you know, I'm sure he would agree with me that that's also really important. And Carragher, of course, is not actually English; he's Scouse. He came out; he was very straight up about, it. no, actually, for me personally, I would I'd put Liverpool ahead, but which I, I thought was really really funny. Yeah. Um, I, look, if they allow you to do it, they allow you to do it. I, the players caught in the middle. I mean, what are you saying? You're saying United shouldn't have asked Onana to do this? No. Onana shouldn't have volunteered? Yeah. It's not United's fault. United, if you, if you can have your player for a game of this caliber against Spurs, obviously you do it. I don't think for Onana, I, don't, I just don't think it's a good look. I know there's loyalty to his club, which is great. But come on, it's your national team. I, Would you see a player playing for the playing for the U, at the U's? I mean, I know it's different because of the time of those competitions. Still, I, th I mean... I'm assuming it's the sort of thing where Cameroon figure that... I would, this is the way I would handle it if I were Cameroon. I would assume that you're probably getting through because it's one of those situations where the third... It's not an easy group, no, by no. the way. But, but yeah. it's where like, the top three are like... Or the third place team is likely to advance yeah. depending on points. You figure, all right, if he maybe misses the first game, which is understandable then we'll still go through and we'll have them available to us later in the tournament, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Santos striker Marcos Leonardo has joined Benfica for 18 million euros. Jules, he's very young, mm -hmm. but he has two prolific seasons under his belt, double figures uh, in goals. Um, supposedly he was a target for Arsenal, although he, I don't know if he would have fulfilled the work permit requirements. That's right. Yeah, he's got more he goals and appearances for the under-20, so it might have been the kind of thing where... They sign him and they send him somewhere else yes. for a while. Um, is this a big deal? Have you seen? I've only yeah, seen him on highly YouTube. rated, really highly rated, twenty-year-old, really good um, in terms of like a proper center forward. Yeah, proper. The physique, so not the something the that Mikel Arteta would want. No, it's not that. I think it, I think there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of European clubs who were following him, like like a lot of those young talents now, who I think top clubs are trying to get before the likes of Benfica's or Portos or Udinese. I don't know. I don't know why I think about Udinese, but you know those kind of clubs. Maybe they didn't feel that. He was ready yet for the for a top top club in the top top league. So the stop gap at Benfica, no offense to Benfica, is a good one here. He's worked a lot in the past, of course. So we'll have to see. But it's one that I think we will look at carefully because I, I'm quite excited to see him in Europe. Yeah. So basically, when you score in the Brazilian Serie A, 13 goals and 13 goals at age 18 and 19. Uh, you know, playing for for, for Santos or yeah. teams. Well, yeah, they went down, but they're still a good yeah, hard times. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, still yeah. a big team under pressure. And of course, you've got more goals and appearances at under 20 level. It's funny because if this guy were French, and he had achieved the exact same thing, yeah, he would be 50, 60 million. That's true. I am guessing because I think he only extended his contract with Santos last season. Yeah, the this 18 million is some kind of release clause. Yeah, I think so. And I'm guessing, too, that there are probably some very big commissions paid to the right people. Yeah. And it's a bit like the Alvarez deal. People say, oh, how did Julian Alvarez manage to go to City for, for, for such little money? Well, that's the reason yeah. why. And that's kind of the other side of recruitment. And that's where some clubs are very good at it. Other clubs, not, not so, much. so much. Chelsea have recalled Andre Santos from his loan spell at Nottingham Forest after he made he played just eight minutes of league football. Gab, I just assume he's not going to stick around at Chelsea, right? I would assume he go on loan again, um, given that you know Chelsea have in his position. I mean, the guy's supposed to be a defensive midfielder. Yeah, um, they obviously. Have Moises Caicedo yeah. and 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 uh, Enzo and Lavia and, and Gallagher and the lesser spotted Lavia, as some yeah. people call him, who's now fit again supposedly. Yeah. Um, actually, I saw him in the flight. I, saw him, I, I was excited. I saw him he got uh, he got injured again. No, and a then, small injury. He got injured again. Yeah. Look, the right thing is for him to go in, on on loan. Strasbourg, anyone? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll take him. I. It is weird that you go to Forest and you only play eight minutes. I would think there's another element there, which this is always the risk when you send players on loan, which I guess is why Chelsea acquired their stake in Strasbourg, is what incentive do Nottingham Forest have to play Andre Santos unless he's noticeably the best player? Better, they yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got zero. They're not here to develop him. They want to stay up, right? But why would you take him in the first place then on loan? In case he's very good, you mean? Hey, Uncle George, oh, Marinaki, yeah, yeah, yeah. Samigos, yeah, Abuelos, come on. <laughs> Jules, I don't follow the championship, but I do know who Wayne Rooney is. Do you? Yeah. 
And I'm told that his time at Birmingham City is over yeah. after just two wins in 15 games. That didn't last very long. 83 days, exactly, Gab. One of the worst stints ever uh, okay, in championship history. He did better than Brian Clough, right? True, but I'm not sure we should compare <laughs> Brian Clough and uh, Wayne Rooney in terms of well, managers. One certainly. thing I can think of that they have in common, they both scored a lot of goals. And maybe there's another thing too, but go yeah. ahead. Um, He took over when they were six in the table. He leaves them 20th. It's just been a disaster. I, I don't know if it's all his fault uh, because I think he he tried to maybe change too many things too quickly, including the style of football under John Justas. He was pretty old school, let's call it that way. But it was working. And then I think the fans liked Justas. And I'm not saying they didn't like Rooney, but when you win two in 15 and... The football is so bad. Everything is so bad. You're never going to get the crowd with you, even if you're Wayne Rooney. Uh, so it's a shame. The th I looked it up, Gab. So he started at Derby County as a manager. He had uh, 1.1 points per game in average. Which is not very good. Which is 29, I think 29%. Then he went to, obviously, DC in MLS. He had one point per game in average. Which Who's is that bad good. at yeah. DC United? And then in this 15-game stint, it's 0.7. So at least... The, the encouraging thing for Wayne is that it gets from bad to worse. It's just so. not encouraging. It's just not good. <laughs> I mean, usually you think like, yeah, let's get better, but he's getting worse as a manager. So I don't know where the future lies for him, really. I mean, no joke here. I, I wonder, he obviously, I wonder if there's a deeper thing with, with Wayne Rooney, which is obviously he's a great player who wants to coach and manage. Did he start? Too far up. Yeah, but the same could be said for Gerard and Lampard as well. And Thierry Henry, for example. All of whom started at a relatively high level. All of them trying straight into Rangers, champion, Championship, Scottish Premier League, Ligue 1, without, with no other kind of experience before. I, I'm wondering if the answer for Rooney now is to... Because obviously he's had issues. I mean, he's been quite open about some of his mental health yeah, issues, yeah, yeah. some of his, his alcohol-related issues in the past. I wonder if the solution now is to say... Are you trying to find your place in the world? And because ex-players become managers, and they either become managers or pundits, right? Yeah. Um, and you don't like to talk in public, so punditry is probably not for you. Maybe to to recover that, you know, what you want to do, and not just sit at home in your in your big mansion with with your kids, and because so, your kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at some point, maybe he finds a small club near where he lives in Cheshire, maybe even non-league. And just goes out there and just does training sessions and coaches at that level. And he finds out if this is what he likes, if yeah, this is what he's maybe, good at, yeah. if this is what he wants to do. Because yeah. I feel that the glitch, because Birmingham City, this is a kind of a publicity stunt of a club, right? American owners who saw who the big name. Brought in some like, big yeah. name who I don't like, right? Yeah, who played. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like football. him. Yeah. Um, and then obviously DC United is where he played and is MLS. Yeah. Derby, you had the situation with was that was with the mad owner after Frank. Yeah, Lampard. and he was a player. Man, like, I think he arrived as a player and I, then went straight into management. Maybe you just need to go hardcore coaching. Maybe yeah. Just the pitch, smell, smell. Or the even cup academy grass. level. What? Try academy level. Try under 16, under 18. Even academy it. level. Yeah, but the thing is, academy level. If you're a club, are you going to want to trust? If you're a big club, are you going to want to trust Wayne Rooney at that level? I think if you're Manchester United, why really? would you not? Well, yeah. Why would you not trust him? Because you rely on your academy and stuff and you have no idea if he's any good at developing players. No, I know, but at that age, I think it's almost much more the man-management side of it than the tactical side when you're 16. No, but there's a big technical component to it. Well, yeah, but this is what I mean. It's what and I Rooney. actually wonder, though, somebody like Wayne Rooney, who was so technically gifted, if actually those guys are often not very good teachers because stuff well, came naturally to them. Well, he's clearly not good with, with adults, <laughs> but I think he might be better with kids. I don't right. know. I hope he recovers. Manchester United have triggered Aaron Wan-Bissaka's option, which means he's now tied up for an extra year until 2025. That makes sense to you when we mentioned it the other day. It makes, for me, it makes a lot of sense in Wan-Bissaka's, and, and I'll tell you why. Wan-Bissaka's not on big money, and you have to make a decision now. Um, he's actually one of the few guys, I think I said it was something like 90 yeah. grand a week, right? You have to make a decision if he fits, where he fits, how much it's going to, you know, is he going to be your long-term reserve right back? Is he going to start? Whatever. These are decisions that the club's new technical director should be making together with either the current manager or the new manager. Yeah. I don't know. Um, buy yourself time. It doesn't cost you, the sector year doesn't cost you a lot. It's not like Varane. It's not costing you a lot of money. Definitely if he's not. happy to stick around. And you might decide that maybe 
you can get money back for Juan Bissaka. You might not get the fifty million that you spend on him, but his salary isn't big, so yeah, somebody will pick him up, right? That's true, yeah. And you can get some money. And the back. amortization is done anyway already. So. Nice defender Youssef Atal has been found guilty of provoking racial hatred and will serve an eight-month suspended sentence. We'll see him at the Africa Cup of Nations for Algeria. Will we see him again at Nice? It's a good question. I mean, they suspended him bef- when the investigation started. We should uh, tell him why. So he was, yeah, he was suspended for seven games by the French League for reposting on social media a message uh, from an imam in, I can't remember this what This is country. after the October 7th. Attempt. Yeah, after October yeah. 7th, saying that he wishes that a, a dark day, that uh, God would send a dark day for the Jews all around the world or something like that. <laughs> Um, Atal, who at the time was on international duty with Algeria, reposted that, which is against the law in France. You can't, uh, you know, provoke racial hatred anywhere on social media publicly or things like that. So there was always going to be a trial, which just finished, and 45,000 euro fine, plus the, this prison sentence uh, suspended. Uh, and he now he is done the seven games suspension from the league, uh, but he's still suspended by Nice. Although they said that he will come back after AFCON and might play again. His contract expires in June. So I guess if they can find him a club in January, they would sell him. Uh, if not, he will come back, maybe play a little bit between now and June. But after June, there's certainly no new contract and he will go somewhere else. Yeah, I, mean, I think if you if you're found guilty of something, you are and, and you go and you serve your time, which he's done this is the sentence this is yeah, what the yeah. law says he's also been punished by the club you know you should be given another chance with yeah, the contract sure. expiring anyway it doesn't make sense that yeah. maybe there's somebody else where, where he can start over again yeah. Milan have picked up 20 year old Filippo Terracciano from Verona in a deal worth 8 million euros Gab another body at the back it was a body that they desperately need yeah. because right now you're in this weird situation where um, <laughs> their centre backs the last couple of days have been uh, Theo Hernandez and Simon Kerr, who, you know, one of them is 50, the other one, and coming off injury, the other one's not a not a centre-back. No. But, but it's weirdly, it's worse. There must yeah, be yeah. some Hernandez thing that allows these little people to be good at, between him and his brother, to exist the green back Yeah, semi-competent, uh, semi-competently. But uh, this is good. This is a good line for Milan. He's, he's, he's a guy who can play both full-back positions. He can also play in central midfield. He's got Serie A experience. And he's very young. Yeah. And he's not costing a lot of money. And you can amortize that. And I, I think this is a good signing. Former Paris Saint-Germain star, Tilo Kerr. Is he a star? Yeah. Is on his way to Monaco from West Ham, Jules. Uh, can he move the needle in the title race? No, that's a stupid question. Um, but can he regain his mojo? Yeah, because that's what we want to see. This is a guy. He constantly, He's 27 years old. Yeah. He has like more than he's got like twenty seven caps for Germany. I know we can all giggle about Germany now, but what, not defenders? that funny. No, yeah. Um we used to think he was gonna be really, was, really good. Yeah, we did. You're we gonna did. blame it all on David Moyes? No, no, no because even in Paris I think he stagnated. Maybe that move was a little bit too early and and too big from you know, from Germany Schalke, right? to that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I like him a lot. He can play in different positions. We mentioned he can play a, very as a fullback. Very quick, very athletic. 11 million euros. I think it's a really good deal for Monaco who have some defenders away at AFCON. Others will come back. They've had injuries. They've got really young players too. So I think because he speaks French, he can be a little bit maybe of a mentor for some of those young centre-backs that they have already at the club. So it's a no-brainer. It works. He's fit. He's ready to play straight away. I think it's, it's a good deal for both clubs, for West Ham on one hand and for Monaco on the other hand. Atalanta also advanced in the Coppa d'Italia, beating Sassuolo 3-1. And your boy Charles de Ketelier scores twice. Four goals in his last four games for the man they used to call the Little Prince. How pretty about good. That? I know. I Milan got... made fun of him. You made fun of him at Milan. <laughs> I think he's got eight goals this season, which I think is eight more than he scored at Milan. It certainly feels that yeah, way. Um, and this is for Atalanta, where the strikers often change and whatever. Like, I, he's still very young. He's a really good player. Uh, I know he became a figure of fun at, at, at Milan, but I want to see him back. I, I know, me too. How about another guy who was much hyped as a kid and then ran into issues? Hugo Ikitike, not Paris born and bred. Uh, maybe nope. this is the problem. Maybe. He cost Paris Saint-Germain $35 million, which is a lot of money. Yeah. And yet has managed just nine minutes this season for Luis Enrique, left out of the uh, Champions League squad. 
Could he be rocking up at Wolfsburg soon? It looks the most likely right now, Gab. They are in discussions, the two clubs. Uh, Long, he, yeah? he obviously was dropped because he refused to go to Frankfurt at the end of last summer when Colomwani made the way, his way from Frankfurt to Paris. He didn't want to go to Germany. He wanted, he wanted to go to England, to uh, West Ham or Crystal Palace or... One of those but why Wolfsburg? Why did you, did you determine I think, to punish him by sending him no, to the guy? No, but right now it's only Wolfsburg. The guy does not want to go to Germany and deal with it. Right now it's only Wolfsburg. And right now he can't choose. He Is there anybody else in the world who wants right now, Hugo Ekitike? Right now, no. And Wolfsburg are 10th, I think, in uh, the Bundesliga. So they're not too <laughs> I'm bad. I'm sorry. They're I'm not sorry. great either. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I got to go To relaunch his career, six-month loan with an option okay. to buy. They pay most of his wages. He's 21 years old. Yeah. He played a lot for Paris Saint-Germain last season. I know it's because there was no Colomani, no Gonzalo Ramos. Yeah, yeah. But he played like 30-odd games, including the ones off the bench. Not many stars, though, but yeah, right? yeah. Not many? Okay, sorry, not yeah, many stars. They, 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 they had, I mean, sorry, reminder, their strikers last season were Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. Yeah. Right? So I don't expect them to have many yeah, stars, yeah. Right? He's still very, very young. Are you telling me that of all the clubs in the world... Wolfsburg is the only place that's interested. It's the only place that genius Luis Campos, with all his contacts, right now. I'm telling you that right now, the you only think, club. You don't think since since he's got he's got his buddies at Celta Vigo, you don't think they would take him on loan for six months? I'm just saying to you, I don't know who would want to take him. I'm just saying to you right now, the only club who have contacted PSG and opened negotiations and he, are Wolfsburg. I'm not saying that nobody else wants no it. There's no other club in the world. Right now, yeah. it's only Wolfsburg. But maybe the others are going to come out. I'm just, I don't know. But I'm just telling you. I'm hoping that other clubs will no, listen. Maybe. I'm just know, saying to you, this I, is I, the way. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be straight up about this, right? There's a club down the street here. You might have heard of them. They're called Chelsea. They're founded in 1905. Their center forwards are Armando Broya, who's got massive issues and I kept saying oh it's because he's coming off his injury now I'm starting to think maybe it's just him yeah. and the other guy's Nico Jackson yeah you don't think this is a profile that might fit them try before you buy or whatever <laughs> yeah maybe I'm not or sure Manchester. it's the answer to Chelsea but yeah maybe yeah, no, like, whatever I'm with you I'm just saying to you only Wolfsburg right now are talking to PSG if you were Eric Ten Hag who would you rather have as your alternative to Rasmus Hoyland I know I always talked about a veteran striker Anthony Martial on the Martial plan. Martial Paris born and bred all the time. What? Martial Paris born and bred will always be my favorite. I find it shocking. Anyway. FIFA have released nominees for their team of the year. Gab, 29,000 professional footballers vote on this. And you know what I realized? 29,000 professional footballers and they're like people on the internet. They're like fanboys on the internet. When I look at this list, right? So first of all... um, this team's going to be picked by this. So according to the rules that they have here, and look, I'm not making fun of FIFA. I don't know how you would make better rules. You get to pick one keeper, yeah. three defenders, three midfielders, three forwards, plus the highest vote-getter among outfield players. Uh, shall we do this? Shall we, shall we pick? I, goalkeepers are Courtois, to Ederson, to. and Emmy Martinez. Now, given Courtois has been injured for six months, I'm going to pick Emmy Martinez, even though I don't like okay. Dibu. Who would you pick? Yeah, yeah, go for Dibu. Yeah, okay. I don't like. You want to guarantee yeah. that they're going to pick Ederson or Courtois and they won't pick Dibu? But it's just okay. players, so players know. Yeah. Oh yeah, players know. Uh, defenders: Ruben Diaz, Virgil Van Dijk, Adrian Militao, another guy who's played for six months, but who cares? Uh, Antonio <laughs> Rudiger, John Stones, another guy with injury issues, and Kyle Walker. Uh, Stones played in midfield a lot too, by the way. But whatever. Uh, who do you pick so here? So this is for the whole calendar year, yeah? 2023 yes. calendar year. Yes, this includes the World Cup. This is like that. No, the World Cup finished in 2022. So that's not the World Cup, right? No, it includes the World Cup. Oh, believe okay. me, it's a wacky thing. Uh, I don't know. Come on, I'll you got to pick Dijk. three guys out of this mess. So you three, pick Van yeah. Van Dijk, uh-huh. Ruben Diaz. And Kyle uh, Walker? Yeah, yeah, I like Kyle Walker. Sure. Let's go. Uh, your midfielders are Jude Bellingham, Kevin De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundogan, another guy who's pulling up yeah. trees now. So three again. Luka yeah. Modric, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, and Valverde. Let's make it easy. We both agree on Rodri. We both yeah. agree on Bellingham. Yeah. We need the number three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty rubbish, go? isn't it? <laughs> Bernardo <laughs> Silva, Ilkay Gundogan. I Gundogan for last season? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva. And your forwards are Kareem Benzema. Kareem the dream every yeah. day. Stop it. Erling Haaland, Harry Kane, okay. Mbappe, Messi, yeah. Cristiano, and Vini. At least this one's interesting. Yeah. Can we all agree on Erling Haaland and Harry Kane? Yeah. 
and then Kylian Mbappe. There's no way Kylian Mbappe cannot be in this top three. Ooh, okay. So here we and then go. you got one wild card, highest vote getter. Who you go for? Lionel Messi, and that's it. What about Cristiano? I've done your list. I'm not even Cristiano? a player. Vini? No? I've done your list. Here no? you go. All right, there you go. Thank you there very you go, much. There you go, you can thank him. You're welcome. All right, um... I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to talk about stuff that I don't follow anywhere near as closely, but um, FIFPRO also have a women's they do, uh, Gab. nominee list. Yeah, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is all World Cup based because I genuinely don't... It would don't, be mostly, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, and this is something I've experienced. I don't know how many even professionals over here, professional women footballers, stay up late to watch the NWSL or vice versa. Uh, no, I, so, think they, I think they do. There's pretty uh, good following. I know Sophie usually. Lawson does. but Yeah, right. but I mean, I can tell you the goalkeeper will be Mario Herbs. Then the three defenders will be heavily, I think, Spanish because I could easily see Olga, of course, and Paredes. And then the third one might not be Maria Leon because she was not at the World Cup. But you can go for Greenwood or Illestet or somebody like that. Your three midfielders, Aitana, of course. I think key rewards is pretty obvious too. And then the third one, either you go for Claudia or Rolfo, Elatuna, I'm not so keen. And then your front three, Jenny would be there, of course, Samker would be there. And then the third one, whether you. Samker didn't have a good World Cup. Sorry, I'm limiting myself to the had, stuff right, I know. She got injured. She was oh, injured. I know, but she still then scored. Against England, she scored. Okay. She scored a penalty against France. And she's France. done well at club level, so... Club level, yeah, okay. for sure. And then I think Pararuelo for not just the World Cup, but everything. And then your wild, wild card? card could be like Alicia Russo or Alex Morgan. Let's say Alex Morgan. For Alex like Morgan, so, so you can pay a stupid 3-3-4 three, three, for Exactly, something like that, you know. Okay, no, but it's, it's in keeping with these World Olympic yeah. teams. Zach Steffen, remember him? Yeah, yeah. He's on his back to MLS. Gab, he will leave Manchester City and sign a three-year deal with an option to a fourth to which club? The Colorado Rapids. Nice. Um, Good luck to him. I, I didn't realize this because I don't follow the championship, but he played for Middlesbrough he did, last yeah. year, started the, the whole year. Yeah. I'm really they did really well. They could have gone up, to be fair. Well, I wouldn't really... Okay, I'm not surprised. Okay, so obviously at City, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to question Pep's choice of goalkeepers, but obviously he chose Stefan Ortega and yeah. Fine. But I don't understand why he didn't move then in the summer. Because it seems to me like it's a waste of three months. Like, did he stick yeah. around because he thought he was going to beat out Ortega? I mean, I City's know. seen it's a good. lot of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, don't, they send you on loan and then you come back and you know Ortega's in front of you, as well as Edison, obviously. Uh, so I'm glad he's back somewhere playing. I think from a U.S. perspective, right now, Turner needs competition because yeah. I'm not sure Turner is going to start direct I don't know I mean obviously if I, I think Vacodimos is really good at Forest um, Turner's had some poor games I think it's going to be in and out the rest of the year mm. and you lose and it's important for the US national team keeper with a World Cup coming up to play regularly and be established Diarios in Spain are reporting that Jude Bellingham is violating Liga uniform rules by cutting holes in the Surely back of his not. socks, Jules. This is not uncommon. We see this a lot on television. But maybe for the more old school folk, it's hard to understand why players do this. Surely it's not hard to understand. It's just like some socks are really tight. They are really tight. Even mm -hmm. the ones where you are just, we just have the... Uh, really? The, the sh only the shin you don't have the sock anymore because they put another sock underneath it, this can't be a real rule this is not this is a wind up surely it's one of I those think like, the, I, I think it probably is an obscure rule about equipment and stuff like that and I, I mean, take it's not just point, him by the way I, I, no no I, there's loads of players I saw yesterday in the Atletico Girona game um, I know but Jude Bellingham's a bigger star you know, all those course. guys you saw the no but what I find interesting though is there's, there's two things to this I mean one I don't really care but I don't remember this happening until maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I, did people before that just play with uncomfortable socks? Was sock no, technology... No, I think they were maybe not as tight. Was or maybe sock the, technology better? No, the maybe past? the calves were not as muscular. No, really? Yeah. 10 years ago. We're not talking... We're no, not no, talking still, like maybe. Sir Stanley Matthews in the 1950s. I mean, there's a reason why they, if they didn't feel like doing it, they would not do it. It's not, it's not a fashion. I, it's not fashion. It's because it's not pretty. And I've talked to players who do it 
And I guarantee you, it's not because he defined it pretty. I think it's a level of OCD among certain players. I don't they, think they it is at all. I think they do it for a reason. Otherwise, they would not do it. Nikola Kalinic has come out of retirement to rejoin Hadjik Split, who currently leads the Croatian league, Gab. At 35, he's reportedly going to earn just one euro for the contract that he's just signed. Yeah, so obviously this is a big publicity spot. Yeah. I'm happy to give Hajduk all the publicity you want because, you know, they. I, 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 I like Croatia. I like Slit as a wonderful part of the world. Wonderful. Uh, all of Istria is wonderful. Yeah. Um, that said, um, he played for them last year. He was kind of in and, out of in and out of the team. And then his contract expired. And then I don't know if he went, I, he must have looked for another club. But he hasn't played in six months. No. And now he comes back. So good for him. Um, yeah, I like maybe that. work out there this top of nice. the league, maybe contribute something. Uh, it's one of those guys that I was surprised that he was only 35 years old because, I mean, do, do, do you remember all the hype with him? Yeah. You know, the big tall guy. He was like the next Ibrahimovic. I know. And, you know, and he's, he, he went played to for Milan. He played for Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Uh, Fiorentina. He played for West Ham too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's been around the block, but uh, obviously never achieved maybe what he was supposed to achieve. That's true. But now he's got a chance to end it on a high. Oh, so, well done, Nicola. Lovely. Well We're done. With you. Well done. All right, Jules, that brings us to an end. But we got to come back and do it oh, all over again on Monday because it's the magic of the FA Cup. That's <laughs> right, third round weekend. The most wonderful time. No, not really, but still fun. Um, yeah. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Yeah.